What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Thirsty Thursday. But you know what? We've got an extra special edition today. We don't have any magical guests. We don't. We're not doing anything uh, that we've typically done on the previous Thirsty Thursdays. But you know what we do have? You know what we do have? We have an extra special episode. And you know who our guest is? Our guest is you. We have been trialing this whole idea of creating a call-in show. And we said, you know what? After the GIE, well, we're still in recovery mode, which, by the way, I am I am recovered from the GIE. There's no doubt about it. Um, I have not recovered from work yet, but I am still, I am I am good from the GIE. I hope, I hope y'all are better from the GIE, too. <laughs> I said, damn it, you know. Well, it wasn't it wasn't even me. I think I think it was Japing. I think he was like, uh, yeah, let's do let's do a call in show, and our special guest is going to be the viewers. So here we are, gentlemen, Ray, and at the absolute last second by the hair of his chinny chin chin Ryan DeMay. Oh, oh yeah. boys, how the hell are y'all doing? Hey, I just uh just skated through a uh Big long day and finished up a call, a late call, just in the nick of time for you guys, you know, and for, hey, for, for our listeners and even, even guys, the haters that are out there watching us. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We love you. We really do. There's no division. There's nothing. We love all of you so, so much. Ray, don't you think so? Yeah. I mean, uh, we love you all. I mean, come on to the show. We'll talk. <laughs> Chop it up with us. Come on, you know. Hey, we're big. Te- well, I don't know. Ray's not a teddy bear. Ray is. Ray is not a teddy kind bear. Kind of like. No. Uh, what would Ray Te- be like? He's like that. He, that he's a papa. cat. He's a papa. Yeah. Ray, what? What is you know, that? He, what is he that just wants his to... cat called. <laughs> I don't what's, know. What's a name for it. I gotta look it up. I'm sorry. I have no I'm idea. I, I was about to Google it myself. I was like, "What? What is it? I I have seen those yeah, before, cute. but it's I I can't thing. say I've ever unpacked what the name, name of it is. Sphinx? Is it Sphinx? 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 That was Maybe. also like uh, uh, imagery of yeah, the Sphinx, yeah. Egyptian era, right? Pyramids. Am I recalling that correctly? The pyramids, mm-hmm. the Sphinx. I can I could have seen Ray being a pharaoh at some point in his Oh yeah, no doubt about know, that. Lives. Yeah. No doubt <laughs> about that. All right, hey, we're off the rails here. Listen. I want to get some good questions. I am totally expecting to be harassed, right? And if you are seriously, if you're a hater and you don't agree with us, right? Take all that energy, right, that you have built up inside you, all that hate in your heart and let it out, brother. Pick up that phone, dial the number here that JPing's going to flash on the screen, and come talk to us, man. If it's really that bad, and you really think that you can you can hang here, come on, man. Pick up the phone and call. I implore you. I'd love it, wouldn't you? <laughs> right? Yeah, I would. 304-80-GRASS, 304-804-7277. We will take your calls live on air, um, whether whether you're calling, because here's the thing: look, even if you're throwing a bunch of hate at us, are we are we going to cast it back? No, we're going to try and have a conversation with you. I'll I'll tell you that right now. You know, I'm just if, you, drink beer if you start wheezing, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good callback. That's some inside <laughs> baseball. Yeah. That is definite inside baseball. <laughs> it's good. That is good. That is good. 
in seriously too if you want to call in and it, it doesn't it doesn't matter the topic of conversation uh, we can have a very entry level type conversations we can have very advanced level t- type conversations in fact we enjoy talking about um the, the the ultra entry level stuff it's um you know it gives us an opportunity to kind of call back and refresh things in our mind that we may or may not have thought about recently and so you don't have to be nervous about that at all it is 100% um wide open the floor is yours and uh i would say 90% of topics are able to be discussed publicly 90% <laughs> number right yeah Man, call in 304-804-7277 304-804-7277 that means those other 10 percent is that like the stuff that was behind that black curtain in the video store when we were younger is that what the 10 yeah is? yeah 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 you know the section where you yeah show we're not back to there. walk over there yeah yeah your your parents wouldn't let you oh come over here no we're, we're gonna go over here ryan we're gonna go over here matt you don't son, go over there son son <laughs> son son yeah. I was sorry. I <laughs> thought I saw something on a movie. There's more videos back there. Yeah. Son. Son. Eyes <laughs> here. Look me in the eye. True story. True story about that real quick. I think I was in like fourth or fifth grade and I saw my student teacher, a dude, checking out movies from there, like ahead of us on a Friday. Yeah. <gasps> I knew what he was doing. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Uh, just wow. Somebody in the chat just asked what's the phone number. And it's super simple. 304-804-7277. 304-804-7277. Or JPink made it easy for us. 304-80-GRASS. 304-80-GRASS. And, you know, if you want to Legal talk about guy, your GIE experience, you know, we, we can talk about that. We can talk about ours to an extent. Um, that was, we had a great time. Have y'all recovered? Are you back to 100%? Do you, do you feel in excess oh, yeah. of 100%? Oh, boys. 100%. Y'all hear it? Oh, man. Here we go. Gentlemen, you are live all your on life. the air. Thank you for calling in. Who do we have the pleasure of speaking with? How are you guys? Good. Oh, How are you? Nano Matrix. Oh, Ooh. snap. Yeah. Ooh. Here we go. What's going on, dude? Live from the desert. Oh, not the desert. High desert southwest. High desert southwest. Yes, sir. I missed being with you guys this past week. It sounds like it was a blast. Oh, it was it was beyond a blast. It was seriously, it was intensely fun. That was that's the best way I could describe <laughs> it. Intensely fun. Imagine I'm gonna look up a hundred thousand people in the lawn care industry descending upon a city with one intent. And that is the intent is debauchery. <laughs> like the equipment and all that stuff comes second to what the true intent is. Yeah. The true intent is just pure debauchery. But Hanging out with buddies. Those are props. Burning down a city. Yeah. Yep. So it, it was. It was yeah. a great time. Uh, but what, what, what about you? You, you called them. But you, do you have a question for us? You just want to shoot the shit? How are you, sir? Yeah. Yeah. There, there's something happened today. I've got a birthday oh, coming up, and happy birthday! One of my family said, "Is there anything you want for the lawn? Is there anything you want?" Ooh. And I think I'm at a point mm. where I can say, "I don't know that there's something that I need for the lawn." 
And that's a strange place to be. Wrong answer. Wow. Wrong um, answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, there's there's definitely don't, something. Hey, don't uh, don't give in to the terrorists here, man. All right? You know, you, so, gotta, you always have to So have what am I missing? Yeah, what, what am I so missing? So you're, cut, you're cutting with... You're cutting with the reel, correct? Yeah, and I have a greens master uh, and parts for it since last fall, and I need to get that going for next year. We dropped sand this uh, fall, and that half inch of sand uh, over the top of the Kentucky bluegrass is doing well, and so leveled it before a renovation uh, topsoil and recovering from that with sand this fall. And that mm-hmm. Greens Master out there next spring uh, ought to be running on smooth ground. Um, I have the rotary scissors to work around some trees in different areas and a push reel that I used this year. And I'm very happy pushing. So can trim around trees and some of my harder areas and get the open areas with the motorized reel. And, Fertilizer wise, Green Doc has got me dialed in to a pretty sweet recipe. Spraying out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what am I missing, guys? What what should I get? Well, I know for me personally, the start of any good lawn care season begins with bourbon. Um, yeah. it's it's kind of the the recipe <laughs> that keeps on giving, right? That at the start of every yeah. week, you know, you you. You go and you choose a new bourbon that will guide you the remainder of the week. Um, so, you know, hey, I just, it's uh, spitballing here. That's the first thing that comes to my head. I like this idea. Yeah. I, <laughs> the, I do need the bourbon, thing's bourbon good. for the lawn care. <laughs> well, the, the, th- the thing about it here, right, gentlemen, is that if you have a good day, you can have some bourbon, right, in the lawn. And if you have a bad day, you also have more bourbon. And that'll make everything better, right? So it is a win. Uh, Ray, win. It is. It's a good investment mm-hmm. for all occasions, right? For all occasions. Ray, I'm curious to hear your answer. I've got a couple ideas, but I want to hear what you've got first. Okay. Uh what I would want for a lawn that has almost everything is the means to either thin or verticut. Because, as you know, not too long ago, I acquired a mower that came with a groomer. And you know that feeling that you get when you realize what you've been missing all along? Yeah. I got that feeling. I got that feeling. Because, you know, I've been running that groomer on the on the various lawns and contrary to what people might think it's even valuable and usable on lawns that are a little bit higher than green height. It still works and it still serves a function because those vertically oriented blades serve to lift up and pick up the grass so that, you know, when you're running that over the turf, the grass, is cut, you know, very nicely with less grain formed, less less of the grass lying over. It's just, uh, how did I get along all these years without it? Right. Well, so, uh, 
Greensmaster I got does have the groomer mm-hmm. on the front, but early on, Ray, you and I discussed that, and that on the mm-hmm. Kentucky Blue, that's just going to beat it up. So what options yeah. might I have uh, if it does get to a point where I want to open that canopy up a little bit? Well, or well, the thing not? the thing about doing KBG is that you cannot beat it up as hard as I do Zoisha and Bermuda. The, you know, oh, no. you can do it once in a while. Yeah. But then you can't, right. you can't be nasty to it. You can't be, uh, you can't be brutal where I set the groomer down, you know, as far as it'll go and oh, hit it twice a month. <laughs> Bad idea. Right, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you better put the ball. You better put the ball gag in its mouth before you do that. Um, so, uh, uh, a couple of things. I liked Ray's point, and that's what I was thinking. That's where I was headed to with KBG. Was uh, so J Pink throw up the first link I sent you, and I think this. So you know they make tools and implements similar to this in a larger scale for golf course and sports turf applications, right? With the lawn that you have, and I remember the pictures of what it looks like. It's kind of tight, and uh, they don't make a tool that's like mid-size, right, between like a tractor-pulled unit and this, unfortunately. But I think this would serve you well because you can do other things with it. But it's absolutely fantastic, especially in a a Kentucky bluegrass situation where you're what? Uh, uh, Remind me of your height of cut again, like three quarters? Yeah, seven eight, three quarters or seven eight, and uh, five eights on the bench. But it's not uh, okay. with that manual reel. I'm floating up on that dense canopy at this point. Um, so okay. real height, you know, three quarters is a better number. Gotcha. And so, so you, a cu- go ahead, Ray. So I think you know when you when somebody tells me that they're floating, that basically is an indicator to thin or groom one time you know that's that's my indicator my sign that that kind of is indicated uh i'm not saying however to do that every time and even in my case that is not something that i'm going to be doing regularly or frequently either uh especially with me coming into what i consider the non-growing season in hawaii Grass stops growing, uh, you know, middle of uh, next month for me. Mm-hmm. You know, middle to end of December, grass doesn't grow, so I should be mindful about uh, beating it up <laughs> because it might not get back so, up. Well, yeah, yeah, and that's something too, especially in his climate, right, where you know it's you know, still pretty, te- you know, mild temperatures and everything right now, but it will get cold, right, coming into, you know, the next few months. And so there's going to be a period where, like, a point of no return as far as these very aggressive cultural practices. So a couple things, too, the on the groundskeeper rake, you know, all you're going to do is drag that through the lawn a couple different directions and try to lift up and stand up what you can and clip that off. You're going to also lift up, you know, some of the daughter plants that are coming off of the rhizomes and hopefully create a couple of new growth yeah. points and continue to you know try and build that density. So all that being said, sure. the next thing I was going to ask about your greens master, is it a grooved roller or a solid front roller that you have on that bad boy? I I have a grooved roller 
Now it's not the greens master that's floating. It's the manual reel that is. Uh, right, right, so right. That's tell- so yeah, that's it telling. It is a grooved roller. Yeah, that- yeah. Okay, so that's telling me. Yeah, with your manual that's floating, you're, it's telling me that it's time to go ahead and throw your grooved roller on there. Now, you know, you're not down low enough to have this phenomenon happen. Ray would understand this, and Matt from his golf course days. When you throw that grooved roller on there, whatever you set to bench, your actual height of cut's probably going to be somewhere around five thousandths lower in effect right when you go ahead and put the mower on there not a big deal for you but for those folks that are uh Mm -hmm. super picky about actual and bench or bench height versus actual that's where you can go so i would encourage you to do that mixing those two things together right so uh continually using that groove roller uh is a good idea the only thing you got to be careful with the groove roller is if you have some really tight areas that you're going to trim on your perimeter passes and things like that the turning on that repeatedly in the same area uh, can get a little dicey in terms of the traffic concerns and things like that. So just think about that. Keep it in mind. Right. Maybe just mow those passes, you know, every other time with the manual reel as opposed to your greens master and, and manage it that way. So the last thing here in yeah. terms of you know, your quality of cut that you just mentioned, Jay Pink, throw that second link up there. This is for the nerds of nerds, folks, right? This is the tri-lambs, lambda, 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 right? This is... Uh, you know, you buy one of these and then you go in the moon room with a cheerleader, right? That's, that's the two things you do right here. Uh, so, uh, this bad boy will show you, if you look on the right there, it's kind of hard to see because the pictures on the actual screen aren't that great, but it gives you a graduated breakdown here in terms of what your actual height of cut is when you set this down. It's like a two-way mirror. And then, uh, what else it'll show you too, you can see kind of where you have some stragglers leading up here. So your actual quality yeah. of cut, how many stragglers you're leaving behind, things like that. So it's a good way to really, if you're going to get serious about dialing in your quality of cut, an absolutely uh, indispensable tool to do that. So I think with all those things, right, that we just said, bourbon, number one, I mean, you got to have bourbon. <laughs> uh, number two, Ray's idea of using that groomer and maybe changing your philosophy a little bit differently than his. And then finally, these two things to do what I call texture and quality of cut management. I think that these things are going to be something that you actually see a pronounced benefit from, especially at the height of cut that you're at, grass type and the climate that you have, all those things combined. So I think those are all great birthday presents. You know, you're probably, uh, depending on uh, what kind of bourbon drinker you are, you might be in the, uh, you know, $500 price tag altogether on something like that. But, you know, you're (laughs) worth it, man. You deserve it. So I'm I'm happy for you. Happy pre happy pre birthday, right? I'm I'm glad you could join us for this. Happy birthday. Any other questions? Yeah. Happy birthday. Any other questions? No, you, not for tonight. I'll let some other callers get on here, but I do appreciate everything you guys have done for me in this journey, and uh, we we uh, I look forward to sharing more with you guys in the future. Have a wonderful night. Thanks, gentlemen. Thank you, Keep sir. Keeping on. Good man. night. Yeah, good night. And Man, I'm so glad. Us. I'm so glad. I, I'm so glad I could conjure up that answer by riding on your coattails, gentlemen. It feels good. Just <laughs> that was that a good one air. because yeah. I had nothing. Clearly, when in doubt, you go bourbon, right? If you would like to call in and be on the show, 304-804-7277. Caller, you are on the air. Caller. Yes. Caller, you're on the yeah. air. Yes. Yes, Matt. Uh, uh, my name is JC. I'm from, uh, I live in the Charlotte area, North Carolina. 
right. first cool. time caller, uh, long time listener. Uh, Welcome aboard I'm the Soul in a, Train. In a camp- yeah, and uh, it's it's a privilege to talk to all three of you. I have listened to your show probably over the past two years, uh, and I have learned so much. And I, I, I just can't thank you enough for all the science and, and knowledge and, you know, techniques and everything that you, all three of you, you know, give to some of us that try to make our lawns look good. But um, just a quick question. Uh, I have tall fescue in my yard. It's about 5,000 square feet. Uh, my pH right now is about 6.7. Uh, in the in the backyard, I get a lot of sun. Grass is green, thick, really nice. Uh, front is I got two big trees. I don't get I get a lot of shade, so it's not as thick as the. But my sidewalk, the grass is very hard to grow on the sidewalk. Uh, my magnesium is really high, uh, about 500 parts per million. Uh, CEC is about 14. So I'm trying to, what can I do to grow grass in that little, you know, the sidewalk between my front yard and in that little, it's about 200 square, 250 square feet. And that let me, let me ask you a question. My butt. Have you ever taken a uh, a sharpshooter shovel and just dug around in those areas of the uh, of the hell strip? Yes, sir. And I actually, in fact, I just dug up a a portion about uh, maybe it was about twenty square feet of that, and uh, I took out about those five-gallon uh, Home Depot buckets full of rocks. Yeah. Little rocks, Ooh. big rocks. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that the whole thing, but I'm telling you, when I did that, it took me about two hours. It was almost like trying to put my shovel in that, in that uh, dirt. It was like putting a shovel to, through concrete. I mean, it oh, kicked yeah. my oh, yes. butt, and it was only like, like twenty square feet. <laughs> okay. How old is your house, so, roughly? Curious. Just when was the neighborhood uh, it's, built? It's about uh, probably twenty years. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I can picture this whole scenario in my head right now. Go ahead, Ray. Yeah. I'm familiar with this uh, situation, and I'm already formulating a plan of attack. And you know what that. Plan of attack includes a 35 uh, to 40 pound demo hammer. And <laughs> oh no, Ray. You j- Ray, I'm, yes, I'm, you, I'm thinking a I'm thinking a 50 to 60 horse mini X, and we're gonna dig this whole thing down <laughs> six inches and just replace all the soil. Because here, listen, listen, listen. Ray, you tell me if this is wrong. If you if, if in your book you wouldn't do this. Now you know, to hire somebody to come out and you can get pretty much any swinging dick probably to come out there and clean that out. Pretty yeah. well. You're going to have to call the local utilities and get everything marked because you're in a right of way, all that kind of stuff. But you dig this down, you haul it off. It's about four, maybe five yards of dirt when it's all said and done. If it's really 200 square feet. Okay. 
and you're going about six inches or maybe a little bit more to get some of the rocks out. So you figure, okay, you're going to pay somebody maybe a thousand bucks to come in and just haul it away. You can call the local topsoil place and likely they're going to have something called a slinger truck. Slinger truck's Mm -hmm. nice because you can pull up, offload all that dirt and spread it right in there as you go. Right. You don't have Mm -hmm. to, you know, have it dumped in a pile and, and do all that BS. So it depends on how serious you are, JC, of, you know, working with what's there, I think is going to be problematic and you're always going to fight it. Right. Right. Like you tell me, gentlemen, like when I hear this, I'm thinking just 86, the whole thing and blow it up and start over. But if you had to man us through this, I mean, let me give you a, a little more controversial of an answer is you're in you're in Charlotte and you're growing tall fescue. It's hot there. It's hot. Yes. So it, even if you do do yeah. that, you know, you have to understand that, you know, a 20 percent loss year over year is to be 100 percent expected just due to the proximity of the concrete, uh, the additional heat that section is going to face. Um, and that and that may not be acceptable to you. So, you know, I think what you have to weigh is being being good with a 20 percent loss if you do excavate it out or. Are you good with whatever percent loss you take right now and not doing anything with it and then digging out a few handfuls of rocks from time to time when you got spare time? And I have yeah. and I have a third uh, solution. Yeah. I have a third solution. Uh hold, hold your breath. How married are you? No, how married are you to turf type tall fescue? Because uh I yeah, I mean, I, I really like tall fescue just because, uh, you know, just it, it's one of those that I, I don't I don't want a lot of maintenance. Uh, I mean, I do take care of my lawn. You know, I I know my. I think we may have lost him there. I think I heard a clip. Oop. Oop. <laughs> but uh, case in point here is that that's a good point, Ray. Uh, and and hey, tell me tell me I'm crazy here, but you know you know what I'm feeling fresh about laying down a little Meyer Z52 Zoja. You know what, Matt? I could agree with that. I could actually agree with that. And here's why I could agree with that. Not only will that Z52 probably survive there. There's a possibility that it's going to take over the whole freaking neighborhood. He'll become the neighborhood's <laughs> favorite person. <laughs> Just saying. Just if, saying. If he, if he mean, likes that, low maintenance, right? You know, I, I mean, mm-hmm. it would be relatively simple. It's kind of a set it and forget it, right? Just don't fertilize it at the same time you're fertilizing your tall fescue, right? You could mm-hmm. almost entirely leave it alone. And, uh, and it's going to turn green in the spring and it's going to go dormant in the fall, right? And if you feel real froggy, you get out there on the 4th of July when, and sprinkle you a handful of whatever on it, and uh, it'll turn nice and pretty and, and, and ultra dark green. But Meyer Z52 in and of itself is just a, a cultivar. I mean, it's not hideously ugly and, and you know, has decent uh, color. We got another caller here. Caller, you're back. Or is it a new caller? New caller. Oh, we're playing guess the voice. Who do we have on the line here? Oh, come on! You don't know this voice. Um, I'm I'm okay. gonna go with. Uh, I was reading the chat earlier, so I'm, 
I'm going to go with Castleberry. My brother, her's doing. What are you doing? I am look- sitting here trying to work and edit and do things that, uh, you know, happened two, three years ago, and I'm failing miserably because I'm listening to you fool. Well, that's good. <laughs> we're glad I'm, we can, I'm happy. We're glad we yeah. can be part of your failure. That's what we're here for. <laughs> that, that's wonderful. Guys, I just wanted to pop in real quick, say hello, see how you guys are doing. And just let you know that the lawn care community appreciates you and you keep doing what you're doing. You're making an impact. I appreciate that. Thank hey, you. Coming sir. from you. Thank coming you. from you. Seriously. We we do appreciate that coming from you. Of all people, you would know. So thank you. Hope everything's well out there with you. It's, Is it uh, snowing yet? Good. <laughs> We've got snow on the mountaintops. Uh it's it's slowly creeping down into the valley uh things are slowing down leaves are falling and we're probably going to have 12 inches of snow on halloween probably not maybe just a hail and sleet storm with a tornado who knows you never know what the weather's doing out here well that sounds terrible <laughs> well you did a really good matt, job matt, of selling matt, utah as a location there i mean that yeah. we got we got tornadoes already i'm scared uh, and then we've got snow. I'm even more frightened of snow compared to tornadoes. Um, that was it. And I know you got earthquake. fire. Here's the thing, though. Fire is a plus maybe. one for me. If you can recall in my history, um, one thing I'm not afraid of is fire. I'll, I'll, I'll burn anything down. Hey, deep yeah, I'm pretty sure insurance would have covered that. <laughs> I'll burn my insurance policy. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm getting choked over here. Thank you for calling in, Paul. It's always good to hear from you, sir. You bet. Hey, you guys keep doing, put put up the good, keep putting up the good fight. Keep on keeping on. And uh, we'll talk to you later. I'm going to pass it off to whoever else is brave enough to jump on. Keep it cool, guys. Thank you, sir. Uh, We'll see you. Stay safe, man. There it is. There it is. If you would like to be on the air, again, we can talk about whatever it is you like. We're 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 not here to throw stones or any of that sort. We, if you got a question for Ray, if you got a question for Ryan, what a perfect time to call in. I don't have to run my yapper. I promise. I like to hear myself talk. I promise. There's no one that enjoys hearing myself talk more than I do. That's for sure. Three zero four eight zero four seventy two seventy seven. That is the number. You dial it. You hear it get patched through right on air, and then we bring you on. It's as simple as that. And we do have another caller, gentlemen. Caller, you are live. Welcome to Thirsty Thursday. Who do we have the pleasure of speaking with here? Mr. Mills from Mechanicsville, Maryland. All right. What's going on, Mr. Mills from where in Maryland? Mechanicsville, Maryland. Have you ever heard of uh, St. Mary's County? I have not, but I'm Googling it right now. Yeah, we're in the uh, southern, southern Maryland. Is that farm town? Yeah, basically. <laughs> okay, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see, I see, I see where you are over here. Yeah, you, you, yeah. Getting over there to the to the to Del, the waterway, Delmarva area. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, Delmarva. Yeah, that's it's not Delmarva. Delmarva. It's, not, it's on the other side. It's on the other side. That's the other side. So St. Mary's County. So like what's going Richmond, on there? Well, I'm probably like uh, Richmond, Virginia, not that far from Richmond. Okay. Probably like two hours. Gotcha. So, um, the question I have is. Um, recently started a uh, a lawn care business. Uh, 
um, and I had probably about 25, 30 uh, customers. So um, my question is, as far as when you guys started your businesses, um, how did you really get to um, the point you are right now? Hmm. <laughs> well, <laughs> let me yeah. let me ask you this: Are you are you a full service maintenance or just Burton Squirt? How are you going about this? Well, basically, like you say, Burton uh, um, Squirt. Okay. 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 Um, okay. But I do have some full from some full service customers that I do take care of. Um, okay. So, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of different ways to kind of approach this. You oh, know, yeah. I'll tell you from, from the days that I was in lawn care and to be fully transparent with you, I'm not in lawn care anymore. Any kind of lawn care work I do right now is purely as an independent contractor work or working for another company, not, not self-employed anymore, but I did a lot of that and I did it in a very, what I call volume lawn care corporate way. And then I did it as self-employed. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I'll say if I had to narrow it down into, into the three most important parts, um, number one would be developing your business systems, right? So that would be, um, your system for handling lead generation. Uh, your system for handling once a customer is in your lead funnel and you're taking them from a quote to a customer, right? So that includes like onboarding, all the information you share with them at the time of onboarding, information you share with them at the time of the quote, all of that be lumped into a system. And then another system for the actual applications, right? What information are you leaving with them when you make an application? Are you communicating with them before you show up or are you touching base with them after you show up? Um, so having business systems in place, or even when you get in at the end of the day, how are you recording all the other uh, applications you made? Are you recording on just a sheet of paper and you're filing that? Are you, uh, uh, bringing everything into a single document where you've got, you know, a rolling history on a single page or a single spreadsheet or something like that, uh, invoicing and billing, developing a system around that, right? So the systems, the architecture of your business is incredibly important because the faster you dial that in then it becomes more secondhand that when you start onboarding new employees, you're used to developing those systems and it becomes kind of second nature, right? And so you can pull that person into your company and quickly onboard them into your, your company culture, right? Um, so systems would be incredibly important. Number two, uh, would be marketing right? Uh, you, you have to market yourself and there's a million different ways to market yourself. Some I understand, some of them I don't. Um, yes. You know, how, how do you want to brand yourself? Are you an organic guy? Are you a conventional guy? Are you an agronomy guy? You know, what sets you apart from the, com- uh, from the competition and understanding what yes. you want your target customer to be. So when you build your marketing programs, you're going after what you perceive to be your ideal client, right? And some of that may include yes. like um, a client validation, right? Or uh, a pre-screening of sorts, right? To make sure that even before you step foot on their yard, 
you've had enough of a conversation to know whether or not they're going to work. And if they're not going to work, purge them and, and just don't even entertain it. Move on to the next one, right? So marketing yeah, sure. is a huge one in getting to that next level. Um, and then number three, um, I can't remember what I was thinking with number three. I'm drawing a blank now. Um, uh, <laughs> I, apologize. I have not slept in, in now I'm at 40 hours. I can say with certainty now it's been 40 hours since I've, I've been asleep, but um, I, w- I would say something along the lines of dialing in a program that is going to be as specific as you can get it. Right. Um, uh, no, I remember what it was. I remember what it was. It was, uh, it was deciding what kind of business do you want to be, right? Do you want to be okay. an ultra high-end provider that's only taken on a few customers charging in a, you know, a, a very healthy premium for your expertise? Or do you want to be on the volume side of things where you're looking to pick up you know, 400, 500, 600 customers, have one, two, three trucks on the road, and eventually re- remove yourself from the business and let somebody else handle the whole thing, right? Um, I feel yeah. like deciding that early on and, uh, uh, and whatever decision you do make, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer there. They're, they're both right answers, but ultimately whichever one you do choose, don't let it bleed into the other, right? It's very exactly. difficult being from a, a psychological standpoint of selling yourself as an expert, but providing high volume lawn care, right? Because yeah. As you have to drive past these lawns that are all eat up with brown patch and pythium, and you know they're not buying fungicide applications from you, um, yes, you know it's really difficult to not want to pull over and either slap the shit out of whoever you know signed up for the service there, or uh, yes. or not just you know fire out the permagrain and just go ahead and do the cheapest fungicide application you can to get it down because you're sick of it looking that way and your signs in the yard uh-huh. and you're scared other people are going to see it and equate you with that level of work, right? Uh, so yes. that, those would be the things I would I would focus on um, that would uh-huh. accelerate growth. It may slow you down a bit in the beginning while you get all that figured out. But when you, once uh-huh. you do, that will allow you to skyrocket to the, the, the type of business you want to be. Um, exactly. Ray, Ryan, where, where, where am I at on this with y'all? Ray, you want to go first or want me to? You go ahead, Ryan. You go ahead. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I think I think Matt touched on a couple important things of, you know, identifying your ideal client relative to your business model, right? So, uh, you know, some people were mentioning in the chat that, you know, volume lawn care right now is really, really tough to scale at once because you're going to have to hire people, right? And then they're going to have to know your system. So all the more reason to have that in place. But can you hire somebody at a rate that's going to make sense for, uh, you know, the long-term viability and profitability of your business right now, you know, given the labor market and where things are. And so, mm-hmm. you know, for me, I do believe that, you know, the, the market really exists in many, many, many places, right. Uh, throughout the country. And I'm not as clued in on St. Mary's County, Maryland, but I have to think that there's enough folks out there that want, a premium product, right? At a premium price that you can build a business around that and scale it up slowly as a one man band. Right. You know, and Matt and Ray could tell you probably the same thing that, you know, most guys get to that somewhere between, it depends on the market, right? Obviously and what you're charging, but you know, two to $300,000 mark. And that's sort of like the the absolute peak of what you can do by yourself. 
right? In terms yes. of just cranking stuff out. Now, all that being said, you can build a nice lifestyle business around that, right? Where, okay, yeah, there's going to be, you know, seven, eight months where it's kicking your butt and it's, you know, 60, 65 hours a week, but you can still plan around it, right? And still work around that. And then in the wintertime, Maybe there's not that much to do and maybe that's okay. It really depends on yeah. what you want and where you're at in the stage of your life to be able to say, Hey, I want, I want to grow and I want to scale this and I want to have employees and multiple crews and everything like that. And trust me, I talked to a lot of guys last week, you know, in different stages of this whole business development piece. And, yeah. um, you know, the thing I heard about everybody from everybody was I can't find people and it's causing me stress. And even the people I have are causing me stress because I want to make sure they're doing a good job and I can't be everywhere at once. And I'm used to, you know, came, came from a place, right. Where I was able to do everything and see everything and be involved in everything. And now I simply can't be, and that gives me anxiety. Right. And so that's a hard thing to let go. So I would say, you know, in my mind, it is this, it is, you know, who are those clients and who are the, and where are those places, you know, the Matt Martin, uh, special, right you go in there and you pimp one lawn on the block and just, just tits it out, make it look amazing so that everybody's like, okay, I'm calling that guy. Right. You leave the, you leave that entire street and no choice, but for for you to be the first call and you can do that. You can target different areas and neighborhoods and, you know, study your competition. That's one other thing too, is, you know, studying your competition a little bit to see where some of the gaps and cracks are and their service offerings and service, you know, uh, service delivery that you can kind of wedge your way in right and either ride behind them i mean i know i have friends uh different parts of the country that have an entire business model that's built on following around uh different companies that do trash work and come in behind them cleaning it up and looking like you know uh the knight in shining armor so there's a lot of different ways to go about it i i think the most important thing though right is you get all that stuff done. And I, I agree with Matt on the business system side, but the other thing too, and you're going to see this coming up and Ray can probably speak to it a little bit too, but the agronomic side is going to get a little scary here, you know, in 22, 23. And that's not to sound alarmist. That's not to go not so, but you know, the people that really have their stuff together from an agronomic perspective are going to be the ones that make it through this very profitably and in good shape. The people that don't, yes. I think, are going to not only struggle to deliver the results, but they're going to also struggle with product challenges uh, in terms of getting product that they want or having to accept subpar product that may not deliver the same results. And you're about to separate uh, the uh, the they-thems from the other they-thems. How's that? Exactly. Can't say the men from the boys anymore. Can you? Right. I think. Oh, you can. You Ray, can. What do you got? And last piece that I'm going to give you, and Matt can even hammer home this point as well, is that when you're differentiating differentiating yourself uh, as to who you want to service, uh, it is extremely important to really decide which direction you are going to go in and stick to it. and. In my case, I have made the decision a long time ago that there are certain kinds of or levels of work that I'm not interested in dealing with. Uh, I provide a certain product, and if that's what you're looking for, 
fabulous. Uh, if you want something else, uh, I think, uh, you know, you need to look elsewhere for it. Uh, I, I, because let's put it this way. Tell me now, do you go into Walmart looking for thousand dollar handbags for your, for your wife or your mom? Do you do that? No. Likewise, uh, for me, uh, I don't have any interest in dealing with the high volume, high hour, low value work. Uh, everything I touch, everything I do has to be highly profitable and it has to be very efficient. So as a result of that, I can exist where I'm at, not having multiple trucks, multiple crews, even employees, even I don't need to do it. But the flip side of that is that I'm not trying to be Walmart with the, uh, coach or Dunakaran handbags, you know, exactly. I do what I'm doing and I, I stick to it. Exactly. I get your point. Okay. So JC, what I would, what I would tell you to do is this, you know, you have 30 clients right now. Think about, you know, if you were going to separate those clients into, you know, your A clients, your B clients and your C clients, cause everybody's got them, right? Like, I don't know how that yeah. breaks down in terms of percentages or numbers, raw numbers in that 30, but you know, go find yeah. your top ones that you like to deal with that pay on time that um, appreciate your work and that, you know, that you can showcase your talents, you know, and take your business to Uh the next level. Right. And think about the traits that they all have in common and that will help you identify that ideal client. Cause sometimes it's hard. Like you think about, well, I need, you know, somebody in a half million dollar house in, you know, a new suburb, blah, 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 blah. blah. Like that's all good. But like, I think you're going to find commonalities in, the type of people However, that you're working with already. However, yeah, yes, yeah. Be careful because what I had to learn in the financial crisis of 2008 was I had to be extremely careful about who actually was doing well and who was going to transfer their financial uncertainties onto me. And the fortunate thing for me at that time is that I didn't blow up big in 2007 when I started my business. So I was able to tell people when the stock market crashed, for example, I'm so sorry to hear that. It was a pleasure doing business with you. Let me know if things change for you after, you know, good day. Uh-huh. Ray just straight up breaking up. Hey, you're not doing as well financially. Guess what? You know, this is not going to work out. I love you, Ray. Well, um, it, it's, it's it's not it's not a matter of that, right? That system of qualifying. I know, I know. I'm yeah. just teasing you. I'm just teasing you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. No, it, it, it's but it is qualifying your customers for sure, and understanding what they do and how they operate and things that might impact their ability to keep you on. Right. So uh, yes all good things and uh, you know i'm anxious to hear 
you know, uh, Jay Pink, we'll have to we'll have to get some contact information off the air here and and bring this gentleman on. I know that we're bu- I know you told us to not tease this out because we're booking into like February now, but gosh darn it, we got to fill up the schedule. All right. I know. Send us an email, mail at thegrassfactor.tv. I want to link you up with Please, Cam, uh, Elevated Lawnscapes, he, who's in Maryland as well, too, and uh, is going to be going down a similar path. So um, he said he, he'd What's like your, to get to uh, you as email well. again? Mail at thegrassfactor.tv. Mail at grassfactor.tv. Yes, sir. Okay. That's definitely. Uh, I definitely will do that. Um, one little quick question I have for you guys. As far as your winterizer, when you put your sure. winterizer down, okay, and I have I have a turf-type tall fescue in my lawn. Um, do you put your winterizer down at a certain soil temperature, or do you put it down after four four weeks after you done done your your aeration and seeding? At least you got leaked at least two or three cuts on it uh i call it anytime <laughs> i'll give you the volume lawn care answer right and uh yeah. i would put it down basically and this is based on my temperatures where you are i'm, I'm going to give you a second answer right where i am uh, that's going to be between yeah. november 15th and december 15th is when i'm doing it. um because that is approximately 30 days before we stop growing um, where you are, I would say that would be between yeah. October 15th and November 15th, um, which I would say arguably is about 30 days before you stop growing. Uh, so 30 that's, days before I stop growing, yes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, you know, I, where I would have to time it is, is that, you know, I've got to get to 400 yards, right? And I know uh, yes. that last application, you know, spreading urea or ammonium uh-huh. sulfate, whatever, whatever it is I'm yeah. putting out, you know. Uh, just slinging it as fast as I can is going to take me 30 days yeah. to get it down. So, uh, yeah. you know, I, I would time out what I would assume to be 30 days before everything shut down and just start letting it fly. Cause I know in Maryland, we can't put down any, any, uh, fertilizers after November 15th. Yeah. Well, that works. Perfect. That is perfect. Okay. Yes. And so. I would, uh, tell you that, you time your nitrogen applications for when the grass is still growing and able to uptake that nitrogen, irregardless yeah. of what the date is on the calendar. Because uh, do you know why Maryland says no nitrogen after November 15th? It's because of the Chesapeake Bay. No. Um, uh, it, it is because too many people are doing things when they are agronomically ill-advised. Okay. That's that's the exact answer. I mean, uh, the side effect of that is that those ill-advised applications uh, have an environmental consequence. Yes. Yes, sir. So last thing I'll say is that temperature is important, but you know, what we know from the most recent research out there on this topic, JC, is that it's really a function of the plant's uh, demand for water, right? Because N is entering the plant through the solution of water that's being taken up by the roots, right? So when that demand 
slows down, so too does the uptake of nitrogen. And so in particular in your case and where you're at and the concerns, you know, with leaching and loss potential of that nitrogen, it's really, really important to time up this app while you're still taking that up. So in my mind, right, like I would probably put a hard stop on all nitrogen applications in your case in most typical years, say around November 1st. I'd beat that November 15th date by a couple of weeks most years. Okay. Uh, you know, so okay. I think your go zone is really going to be anytime October 1 to November 1, depending on the year. And certainly, okay. uh, you, you know, if you're high end, like if you're going to go that route and not be the com- on the commodity side, then I'd be going for yes, uh, more applications, lighter rates, right, leading into that window. So September, October, maybe that's three apps that are three weeks apart over that, you know, eight to 10 weeks span, something like that. So that is a that's a better and more efficient way to do it to get the most bang for your buck now obviously there's a a labor component there all that kind of stuff but from an agronomic perspective that's going to be your best bet so you kind of got all of it, all the perspectives here right uh and yes, sir. those are things that we'd love to dive in and, and dive deep with you here if we can get you on the show so definitely email us uh and check us out i'm, I'm going to warn you we're booking uh four months out almost right now yeah so but (laughs) okay we'd certainly love to we'd certainly love to have you on and you know in the meantime you've got our email and we can pick away and maybe hone in on uh, a show agenda as you continue to build the business here over the next four months but uh if we don't talk to you you know happy holidays happy thanksgiving happy you know new year's all that other stuff you guys uh, you guys yeah keep listening we really appreciate the support man oh i will you You, you guys give a lot of great information and you 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 help a lot of people out and you know and uh i really appreciate that well thank you thank you thank you man you have a good one out there you too sir all right we'll see you what a great call that was a great call you know i forget hey you you know like a, a lot of times when i think back about my like real lawn care career by the way if you'd like to be on the air 304 804 and you can be on here and ask us questions. You can ask Ryan a question. Yes, Ray a question. Doesn't have to be directed towards me. I'll probably chime in with my two cents because I have an ego the size of a sixteen hundred square foot house that needs to be filled up. But you know, it is what it is. Uh, but I was. What are we gonna fill it with? <laughs> Horseshit, <laughs> bourbon, and all the other craziness that goes on in my head. Um, you know, and, and a, a, a lot of times I think back on lawn care and I remember the pain points. This reminds me of the good. Caller, you are on the air. Who do we have the pleasure of speaking with? Did, did I win? Did I win the permagreen? Did I win it? Uh, you, <laughs> you're damn right you did. You're damn right. I won the permagreen? You, co- you yeah. called the right show. Oh, yeah, baby. Celebrating oh, with yeah. the beer. Celebrating oh, with the oh. beer. Now, I, now listen. We're having a beer. You, you agreed. <laughs> you agreed, though. You agreed to all the conditions that went with that contest. So we're going to ship it to you one part at a time for the next 89 weeks, and you have to assemble it. <laughs> I like it. That sounds like a challenge. I can't wait to get halfway done and try to use it. <laughs> I'll hey, help supply you. Supply chain, man. We're doing the best we can. Yeah. The supply. I'll, I'll oh, go. yeah. It, it, ha- uh, sir, half of your, uh, your product is out in the, uh, the ocean sitting in a in container ship. Uh, yeah, actually that's not too far from the truth right now. 
uh, and it's, it's, it's funny. I mean, somebody, I was, I was talking to someone that was having trouble getting engines. Um, I know, I know that was the case. It was more than one. It was like a dozen different companies were having trouble getting engines. And I was like, Oh boy. I was like, funny. You tell me that because the guy before you told me the exact same thing. It's a, it's a tough world out there. Lushy. Are you thinking about opening up a, uh, a port off the coast of, of your, your little piece of paradise there? And we start, we start running 247 unloading container ships. I think we can do it. We can do it by yeah, hand, right? Yeah, we can do that. We can do that. I think we can, think we can get them up the 10-mile river here in Anabar and we float them up in a canoe. Yeah. I mean, that sounds, that sounds I think like we can get winner, it done. Right? We'll float them down to Tennessee just for grins and giggles, just to show them the beauty that exists down here, all the rivers that run through Knoxville. Like, sir, oh, I was trying to get to Canada. Like, all right, you're good. You're good. Enjoy Tennessee. You're good. Have you're, a good one. You'll make it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Ryan DeMay is this way. And then, ta- and then take a right when you get to Ryan DeMay, and you'll find Mushy. There you go. <laughs> Seriously, yep. that's the easiest way to do it. Easiest way to do it. When you if have you to find Ray, for you've it, gone too far. Right. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I mean, if yeah, you're you, going to come back at that point. Yeah. If you, uh, if I see you all in Honolulu Harbor, you've gone way too darn far. So what are you guys? I got a question. I got a question. A serious question. What are you guys thoughts? I'm, I'm, I may or may not have spoken to some of these guys. A couple guys reach out once in a while asking what I think about going into business. What are your thoughts about someone? I I, I think it's a good idea for someone to try to get into business now even though prices are going to kind of go a little crazy because the they're going to have the ability to kind of set their pace off of the prices being so high their Mm -hmm. material cost oh so like jumping in at the market high kind of thing i mean that's that's pretty much what these guys are kind of looking at my theory is is that the the pressure of the cost of doing business right now, with it being so high, it will breed innovation. And getting fresh blood in there to shake shite up and stir the pot a bit is always a positive thing because the people who are good at reading the market will see the good that's being brought into it and see the bad that's being brought into it. And you know, if, if you're, if you're on your a game, you'll be able to to pivot. Right. So I, I don't know. That's, that's as good as I got. That's, that's a good take. I mean, I think, uh, here's what I would say. Just, you know, these conversations we've just had thus far is like, if you're just going to kind of like dip your toe in the water and not be like serious about it, then I don't know how well it's going to go. I'm not saying that you have to be huge and, you know, get a hundred clients your first year. Right. And, you know, get the six figures, you know, in 2022 and consider yourself a success. But it, it depends on the person. I wish I could give you a better answer, but I, you know, just in, in, and thinking about it in theory, just from the pricing standpoint of, hey, do I get in now and jump in? All I'm going to say is with the way the prices are going to be and the way that I think consumers are going to be that much more clued in on stuff, you got to be able to produce. Right, Ray? Like you're not going to be able to charge even the going rate, right, let alone higher prices and then 
have a problem, have an accident, uh, miss something, callbacks, all that kind of stuff. Like that's just, I don't know that that's going to fly because I think the the competition is going to be that much more fierce. Don't you think, Ray? Yeah. You know, Ryan. Hang on, real I gotta, quick, right? One thing I was going to mm-hmm. say is, is real quick, is y'all have to understand too that if you are planning on getting into the business this next year, if you think it's going to be as easy as picking up a True Green price sheet and operating off of it, look, they are planning right now. The big boys are planning to take losses for the next couple of years. They're going to operate at a loss. Uh, can you afford to do that on your first couple of years, right? So if you are operating on their price sheet, you're operating at a loss. Just keep that in the back of your head. Go ahead, Ryan. Now, with them operating on a loss, are they going to be maybe dialing it back a touch where a single operator style startup would be able to maybe charge a, a small percentage more, not operate on a loss, but give them a better quality? Okay. Mm, yeah, uh, it's more complex than that. Lushy, yeah, yeah. I cringed and I, I saw Ryan cringe because my model has always been delivering results way above and beyond what people can typically get from high volume lawn care. In fact, uh, in some cases, I even am favored over the so-called, you know, larger, bigger companies because I offer extremely personalized service and I will do things that the larger companies will not do. This is getting weird. And no. And <laughs> 20 bucks is 20 bucks, Ryan. <laughs> no, and, and yeah, and for example, it's down to the idea of how many folks you know are all liquid, how many folks you know, for example, are real cut, how many folks you know are blade edged. You know, it's things like things like that. You know that you know differentiate myself. And, you know, in other words, at no time did I ever entertain the possibility of me doing the same things that everybody else does, doing it the way they do it, and thinking that I'm going to make a good living doing it because they have the volume of scale I don't. So I'm going to, Matt, I know you got something to say, and I'm going to pose this question again because you brought it up in a certain way. And this also is a is a topic that we talked about briefly on uh, Burn of Return, which is our podcast that records Sunday nights. And if you want to check that out, go ahead and check us out www.patreon.com forward slash Burn of Return. So the question I asked on there is if if you have yeah it does sound interesting right very intriguing Mm -hmm. Uh, if you had to project five years in advance right and kind of set your business model. Don't think about scale and, and price necessarily, but like how what would you be set up for to be like ahead of the curve? So you've had a little bit of time to chew on it, and this is sort of a question of, okay, hey, you jump in now, but I think to Matt's point, like the innovation piece, like not only if you're operating off the price sheet, right, that everybody else is doing, but I even think that we're about to see 
a seismic shift in the way and that might be the thing like the the i think from a true green perspective or whoever right that they're going to take those losses but you damn sure better bet they're going to be innovating and dumping a ton of cash into figuring out okay listen like we can't hire guys either we can't get the products at the prices that we're used to charging right so we have to reset the market and guess who has the most market share and is able to affect that kind of change like that we are so i think there's ways to be ahead of that right as a small operator one-man band or a smaller group or whatever but i've got my ideas right i'll share them on burn of return but i want to hear real quick matt where were you going with that and what do you think in terms of the innovation piece and like how you're just not gonna it's not gonna be as simple as going hey and saying hey i'm just gonna add five percent to whatever true green charges and i'll still be okay in 2022 yeah i so and i'm i'm gonna be fairly vague here um but I, I think I think a lot of the innovation you maybe see it would be in the way people package their their lawn care offerings, right? Um, the uh, the the yeah. So the packaging of the of their of their product that they're offering, right? Their their lawn care service, the way the way they they bundle that, the way they try to mitigate labor costs, right? Um, I think you're going to see a lot more of you know the uh, the conversation we have with Dave, I think you're going to see a lot of people moving that direction, which is interesting because leading up to that conversation with Dave, I had a lot of people reach out to me about, about specifically that. And so it was perfect timing with, with the way that show came up. Right. Um, and then, oh, where else was I, was I going to go? With? You got to write down your notes before you start talking. I, I know, I know. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm sleepless. Uh, but on the, on the other piece outside of, of just being innovative and, and, and new, like I remember in, in 2008, uh, 2009, even bleeding into 2010, um, where, where so many people wanted to, uh, they wanted to work outside, right? That was their big thing. Like, oh man, I want a job. I'm, I'm, I want to break up the monotony of, of working in an office. I'm going to get outside and I'm going to love this. This is the way this usually goes is that it's, 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 I would argue that 70, 75% of everybody that gets into the industry right now, uh, because of whatever pain point or excitement that they feel, uh, 75% of them are going to be out of it within two years. Um, and that's purely because it is not what they thought it was. Um, getting out and treating yards is the absolute basis of it right it makes up a very small percentage of what you actually do um the overwhelming majority of what you're doing is actually building a business and you have to approach it with the mindset of building a business first there's a lot of costs that go along with that that people aren't prepared for um you have to you you, ha you have to to market yourself and you have to market yourself in such a way that what differentiates yourself from True Green? Because you can come out of the gate and say, oh, well, I provide a better service. I provide better lawns. That's awesome. That's awesome. Why do people believe you? They've never seen your truck. They've never seen your face. They've never seen any yards you treat. You've only got 10 customers. They're spread out across all over. What are you, you going to tell them to drive you know, 40, 40 miles away to go figure it out? 
it's a difficult thing. So now all of a sudden you've got to build a brand that in words is going to be catchy enough. And are you going to be able to do that on your first try? Right. Is the, are you going to have a tagline out of the gate that everybody's going to come running to you? No, you're, you're not, you know, maybe one out of a hundred tries. <laughs> could you come up with a tagline that's going to turn people on to be like, I'm hiring this company instead of true green because I believe exactly what they're telling me. So I think a, a lot of that, that innovation is going to come from the way, you know, people talk about themselves. Right. And, and like I said, back to watching the people that pivot, um, they're going to see the ones that work and they're going to scoop it up. So if you, if you do have success with one, like you've got to steer into it really hard and define it, right? You have to be the definition of whatever that tagline is. And that way, when anybody in your service area thinks of that tagline, they think of you, not your competition, because they, they know your competition. That, that's not their business model. or It just doesn't make sense that they could even, even carry that kind of powerful message. I know I'm kind of tapping around in vague generalities there, but I feel like the real no, no, I think you make about 45 minutes. I think no, I think you're making some good point. I mean, because I, when I started, I started in the, uh, you know, all right, what is the local company charging? You know, big company, what 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 are they charging? And I how I started because you just you didn't know what a price point was. I didn't know how long it was going to take me to go out and actually do the fertilizer on someone's property. Like there's a there's a ground zero you start it somewhere um calculating charting your times on a on a on a on a job i mean even if you're just going to spot spray and you're driving in to spot spray someone check how long did it take me to spot spray how much did i use i mean you need that for your chemical records anyways but you need that for how your, long is the drive time between stops what is your average fuel expenditure what does it yeah, cost yeah, so, hey, i mean one thing i learned from, from our boys that truck payments I learned from Hallgenics, get those golden roads, all those roads that you have all those customers on. Don't give discounts. You want to have as many customers as you can, but don't give a discount on it because Mrs. Smith moves away. The Jones get divorced. The Johnsons, you know, they don't like how you look and the Smiths are still there. And yeah, okay, that's great. Now you had five, now you got one. So it's, I've, I've played that. I've done that. Like, well, all right, what's everyone charging? This is what I should charge. And we've slowly just ramped up and said, okay, no, this is what we need to actually make money to, to do the way we want to do it and try to make a difference and, and be able to drive by that lawn and see, see the difference. You know, when you get the phone call that says, okay, I took the dog for a walk and everyone in my neighborhood that has your yard sign in it, um, their lawns look better than everyone else's around. Come do my lawn. That's what you want. And from a financial you know, and standpoint, again, you have to think about how long that takes, though, right? Like, how long does it take right. to have a, a, a large enough portion of the neighborhood to walk the lawns to put two and two together? Is it going to be the first year? Is it going to be the second year? Um, you know, yeah. uh, I feel like also a lot of people that get into this the, the first year, you know, here's some, here's some real hard numbers right here. Let's say you average $500 per year per customer. And you pick up a hundred customers your first year. That is fifty thousand dollars in revenue. Let's say your total expenditures between uh, uh, either it's equipment costs or insurance costs, uh, licensing fees, business expenses, and material cost, you're netting fifty uh, percent, and that is generous, right? The, you, chances are your first Dreamly. year you're going to be like 
35 to 40%, right? And that's if you do everything by the book and you don't spill anything and you don't waste anything. You, know, you, you hammer it in, you're going to be 35, 40%. So you netted 50, I mean, you, you grossed 50K. Uh, you know, what is, what is 40% of 50K, right? Is that enough to live on? Is $22,000 good? Or is that, does that scare you away? Like, do you, where are you going to tap into for cash? If that's the case, do you, do you have enough of a nest egg to be able to make that a reality? Then, and why I bring that up is that then what you'll do is you'll catch yourself taking on work to make up the additional money that you may not be suited for that doesn't fit your business model, but you need the income. And Mrs. Jones is going to pay you 500 bucks to trim your bushes, to trim her bushes. You, you trim her bushes and it's just like, oh, well, you do this. Now, then all of a sudden you end up spending three days there and then you're behind on your applications and people are calling like, Hey, when are you going to come out here? Like, Oh yeah, well I needed that money more than I needed your money. And so, right. Like now you get, yeah. you start to oh. enter the spiral. You're entering the toilet bowl and that's not a good place to be. And it's difficult to get out once you're in it. And that is a very good point. Lushy in that I have no shame in you know, charging what I charge, even though I don't have uh, 20 trucks on the road and 100 employees, I don't care. I'm still I'm good the same at way, I, I, My comments are to most I, people I'm, is we're two to three times over what you think, you know, your true green applications are. We're, we're above and beyond that because you're, you, you've yeah. had them, you're calling you're calling me for a reason. I'm standing here because you're not happy. Well, you got you got your McDonald's cheeseburger. It's time to get a gourmet meal. Exactly. It's uh, basically, I you know, I I just uh, put it to you this way, or put it to people this way: is that okay? So you're not happy with the people that. Uh, Come in once a month, uh, string trim everything. There's weeds everywhere, et cetera, et cetera. But you then meet me and you expect me to work for the same price. Uh, mm-hmm. That's probably not going to work. That probably doesn't work. I mean, I'm, you know, and I emphasize that. And I even remind people of that. And the moment, somebody develops a short memory as i am fond of saying is when it is time for us to part ways i think it's going to be nope, it's going to be interesting point. to watch the new blood come in this year um you, get, you, you know in the in the face of In the face of, you know, a post-pandemic environment, in the face of catastrophic fertilizer prices like we've never seen before, um, this is one hell of a shakeup that this industry hasn't seen since 2008, right? Uh, and this is arguably bigger than 2008. Um, I don't know. I, this is one thing I can say about 2008 is that there were no jobs available, right? And so it brought a lot of people into the industry that were not previously into the industry. And that was a good thing. Um, 
right now it's a uh, it's an employee's market, right? So if you're not happy at your current job, you can go get another job uh, very easily right now. Where at the time you couldn't, and so you had to settle. And where did people settle? They settled in lawn care. Right now it's not a settler's market, and I think that's why you're seeing people starting businesses, right? That I don't have to settle to be an employee. I can settle to be a business owner. And right. that's a different view than what we had in 2008. And I'm curious to see in 2031 what the shakeout of that is, right? Um, because we're, it's, and I use this, there is high turnover coming in this industry soon because of how old it is. Um, you know, I think I think the the statement is that fifty you percent know, of the industry right now will be retired in the next ten years, if I recall correctly. That was the quote I read, and so that's a that's a that's a lot of turnover. And if it's done right, the people that are coming into this industry right now from outside industries as business owners have a real opportunity as the old heads, as the dinosaurs, as the the OGs begin to phase out. Fair point. Yep. Well, good talk, gentlemen. Good to hear from you again. I'm going to let somebody else get on. And I'll, uh, I'll, li- I'll listen in. Hey, and uh, not a first time, but definitely a long time listener. Oh, yes, you are, Lushy. Yes, you are. If you would like to call in and be on the show, super easy. 304-804-7277. That's 304-80-GRASS. Call in. I've actually got to step away for a second here, Jay Pink, so I'll turn this over to the boys, and uh, I'll be right back, okay? I'll let you flip the screens yeah. first. <laughs> well, there we go. There we go. So there we are. Ray, Ray, I'm curious, too, like on the, I don't know, the business model side, there's a lot of talk. It seems like there's a lot of consternation about this of, like, how to get in there and get started. So, like... You mentioned it, you mentioned it before, but how did you break away from the chains of being employed by somebody else and start your own thing? What was that like for you? That was scary as hell. It was absolutely scary as hell, but I had already established myself as a competent turf agronomist Mm -hmm. before I decided to break away. And so once I did break away, essentially, I was well known, you know, within the state of Hawaii. You know, people knew who I was long before I decided to, uh, you know, set up shop for myself. That was and, you know, that, that was like key because you've got to be joking if, I broke out as an unknown quantity back in 2007 and they're going to see this uh 30-something year old you know making all of these uh wild claims and you know no credibility to back it up uh on the other hand uh I'm rather notorious where I'm at. 
For better or worse. <laughs> For better or worse. That's what I was going to say. And, 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 mean... it's, and it's been that way for decades now, Ryan. Decades. And that's that's the thing about doing good work and knowing your place. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, knowing your yeah. place and not, you know, I, I don't want to say compromising, I guess. That's, that's the fairest way to put it. I mean, it makes it sound bad for the customer side, but it's like, you know, if somebody asks you to do a commodity lawn care job, you know, can you, could you No, do it? no. Sure. I no, mean, I, I'm, you, not, you, I'm not, I'm not even. Could do, you could, you could do it. Could. I'm not, just, I'm not set, set up, up to do it. With it. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not exactly. set up to like do your is it price because your price. Mm -hmm. yeah, my price would still be my price and the equipment set and even staffing to do commodity lawn care is something that I don't have. I don't have it because sorry to say I cannot switch out my greens more for a zero turn, for example. I don't have three guys with uh string trimmers uh ready to go so by necessity i've had to really do what i do and stay in my lane at all times i get it i mean and that's the scary part too right is like how do you how do you put yourself in a position to have success and that's what i think a lot of these guys are asking right like hey i'm getting ready to make a switch get ready to do something that I've never done before. Um, mm -hmm. You know, going to have to do something that I've never done before, or I'm unsure if that I can do right. And a lot of it's just mm -hmm. having that confidence to go out and do it, and that, it is scary as hell. I mean, I I would agree with that. So I was just curious. yeah, it was scary so. for it was scary for me. But then what happened literally, and the exact situation that happened for me was that. The people that employed me a long time ago decided that they wanted to be more in that commodity lawn and landscape uh, services sector. Uh, I wanted to be in an entirely different space. And what the real catalyst was, was when this one person begged me and asked me, hey, could you possibly treat my lawn, you know, on a Saturday morning when nobody's looking? And I said, okay, I'll do it. And the rest is history. There you go. That's it. First client. Who we got now? Who's this? You're live. You're alive. I guess you like. Finally, man, I've, uh, my name is Bob. I'm in Arizona. Uh, and I've sent okay. you a bunch of Bob, mailers. Welcome. Uh, finally got you and Ray, uh, and Matt went off to pee, but it, that's okay. So I've sent you a bunch of mailers, a bunch of texts, finally found your YouTube. So I'm looking to see if you're looking to extend your, uh, car warranty. Uh, so can we do that now? Mm -hmm. We, we, he was trying to pretend oh. like he was uh, reaching us for our car warranty. I hung up on him. Call back, Bob, from Arizona. I would have talked to him. 
I want to extend. I yeah, want okay. like we'll I love back. talking we'll to those back. people. No, Ray, we'll call Ray, him back. We're don't calling you love him talking back. to those people. We're calling him. Absolutely. His his wife's gonna answer dead pissed right now. She's gonna be like, Bob, you need to Hello? shut the hell up. I'm trying to say. Hello. Yes, I was that. Um, my husband I, yeah, I'd like, I'd to like... Ex- extend your car warranty. Do you want to do that? Well, I mean, he started talking to us and something got extended. All right, I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, no! And this is love my lawn. I was just calling in with. Uh, I was just trying to do a yes call. <laughs> I in. knew it was that you. I, was, that I, I was, knew, <laughs> yeah. Then I was trying to do a, you know, a car warranty uh, call in. You know, the old bullshit. Well, act- so, man, how y'all well, doing? some bullshit stuff. We're doing great. We're doing great. Right yeah, we are. Man. We are. Ray is the man. Ray oh. really is. Ray, Ray is. The I'm man. third fit. I'm third so fiddle here on the show. He, that he that he flew in. Uh, for for the for the GIE and or not really the GIE, but just to hang with y'all, that was so good. And get to talk to Ray and everybody, and get to meet Ray. It's so great. But yeah, I, but well, yeah, my, my my call was actually just planned to be just uh, car extended warranty because nobody can find you, and then I then I actually found you and uh and did that. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, y'all have a good night. Yeah, I, I don't want to blow this up. Yeah, y'all are doing, y'all are doing great. Y'all keep answering questions, okay? Can do, okay. man. Thank you so much for calling in. Demay, I love you. I love you right. too, man. Good all right, night. Hey, so, all right. Looking for, uh, uh, do we have any other callers? Callers, are you out there? If you're listening, there's 101 people watching this right now, which is nuts. Yeah, there uh, were a couple that kept trying. Go ahead and keep, tr- if you tried calling in a little bit ago, call again. Yeah. yeah, because we spent a heck of a long time with uh, Lushy there, but then that's because we were talking business, and you know that's just how it goes. <laughs> so okay, while we're sitting here, uh, just to let everybody know, Matt had to step away. Matt's got uh, a little issue at home he's dealing with, so it's just us riding it out. So. You know, we're going to have to sit here and ride Matt's coattails, right? Play second fiddle to him without him here, which, man, what an alarming development. What are we going to do, Ray? Because, you know, surely we don't know anything about turf, right? We got to have a yeah. um, person that everybody thinks is turf truth but isn't at our side and beck and call to make sure that we have all the right answers. But I guess the crypt yeah, is yeah, now. Mm hmm. Uh oh. What do you got? Caller, you're live. Damn, boy. Oh man! <laughs> Damn boy! Oh no! <laughs> oh oh! Although, what, uh, gentlemen, what how y'all doing? Although, what's your, what's your altitude good. right now, sir? What's my what? I'm sorry. What is your altitude right now? Altitude. Um. Uh. You know, physically here, um, we're about 230 feet uh, below sea level, but I think uh, internally, I'm way above the fucking clouds right now. <laughs> okay, because I was just gonna, I was just gonna ask you all though, uh, is there altitude equivalent to half a rack of Modelo and a vape pen? Just, just ask. Uh, not quite. I don't, okay. I, I'm not sure when I will reach <laughs> that altitude again. That was me in rare form, Ray. Um, but uh, yeah, be, perhaps because, we may reach yeah. such altitudes in the future. 
yeah, well, th- th- I'm just saying that, uh, you know, my experience with very high altitudes is pretty soon you hit the ionosphere and then you burn up. So be careful. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, I think I've gone I'm way speaking- past that. I think I may have created a few uh, new uh, atmosphere zones that are up there. I don't know. I may or may not have. Ray, we'll see. Ray <laughs> even though the Concorde was retired, I think Aldo is flying it tonight. Right over Southern California, uh, so that's that's yeah. Well, the well, well, the Concorde is not not too bad, but then I honestly the witnessed on takeoff. No big deal. Yeah, yeah, it, it's all good. But I can honestly tell you, Vimey, because you drove back to Ohio, I can honestly mm-hmm. tell you what happened on the weekend had Aldo going up into the ionosphere and beyond. And he cannot deny that because it's the truth. <laughs> it's the turf truth. Hey, so, all right. So, so real, really here, uh, can you, cause I know not everybody knows. And some people know that you were on the show here previously, way back when you were like, I think our OG guest, I think, I think you might That's have right. one of, one of the, one. One, of the one of the OG, first. you were like, he was like episode one of this format. So, you have a special place in our heart. Can you tell folks what you're getting ready to do to your lawn out there in Southern California? We talked so much about it. I mean, it was like a three-hour episode. I mean, it was a real banger. But what is getting ready to take place or what is taking place currently with your lawn and going into next year? Can you kind of give us that in like 60 seconds or so? Oh, yeah, I can do it in, th- in three seconds. Uh, F-A-F-O. That's what's happening. <laughs> oh, one of those. Well, let's get the let's get the long version for the folks that don't do acronyms, and I don't need you to tell that. But what are you actually doing? What's your plan here? Let's hear it. So, long story short, um, I spent half my summer um, killing, or at least attempting to kill, uh, the common Bermuda I have in my lawn. Which um, it was a nice stand while I had it. I think I peaked. I'm not sure I could have gotten it to look better than it already was. So. I think I was ready to graduate to a uh, a better cultivar of uh, Bermuda, hopefully by next spring. Um, did a decent job. Uh, <clears throat> about a month ago, I put down my ryegrass, and it's about four weeks old now. It looks great. I'm about to patch up some spots here um, in the next few days as soon as the seed germinates. And um, now it's just time to write it out for the winter. Not much else I can do, at least not for now. Um, what I was calling for... Um, I'm, and now they may, I'm not sure how much experience you have with, um, with uh, seed Bermuda. I know you're mostly about like hybrid Bermuda grasses, but, um, mm-hmm. I do have, uh, I, I got a hold of some Rio Bermuda, uh, seed. I, I think that seemed to make the most sense for me at least, you know, to do hybrid and sod. It was a little pricey, so I'm just going to go with, with this. Um, I'm, I'm trying to attempt to, Take advantage of the what they call it allelopathic traits of ryegrass on Bermuda, and what I would like to do is try to take advantage of that. <clears throat> and my my question for you guys was, how long would you ride this ryegrass out? Would you go past? Uh, would you go out as long as I could? And you know, for example, go past that window of of prime temperatures for seeding Bermuda. Would you kill it right at the at that window, or would you maybe kill it off a little early to fallow a little more? Um, yeah, what what uh what do you guys think uh, you could try to do there? 
you're in a rather unique situation because of your climate, right? So like, I, I want to oh, preface this by saying, I want to preface this by saying, uh, what is, oh, what, what, what happened? Look at what? What did I do? Oh, there you go. This is, uh, um, this is his overseed. This is current situation. Mm -hmm. And people yeah. are going to look yeah. at this and be like, dude, you're, you're nuts. You can't, why would you kill this off? Well, folks, he's going to have to, because like his day to day, in the summertime is legitimately like 110 to 115 degrees daily, right? So this is not going to mm -hmm. last. Yep. So again, want, want to preface this by saying you warm up a lot sooner and you get a lot hotter and you stay a lot hotter a lot longer. So for people in like the transition zone that are thinking about this and Cedar Bermuda and what we're going to talk about here, don't take this as the gospel, right? Right, Ray? Is that fair yeah, to say? Yeah, this is not necessarily... Eyes? relevant to everyone else's situation because I'm a little bit familiar with what Aldo is actually working with and dealing with. And fact of the matter is, is that I believe by March or April, Aldo starts seeing high eighties, low nineties, maybe even some hundred uh, by May or June. So that's right. So what I'm thinking now is, provided you have the water, my inclination would be to ride the ryegrass longer than I would versus if I were trying to transition back to Bermuda. I, I would actually I would... take advantage of, of that allelopathy a little. I utilize it. <laughs> okay. I I would say it, here's here's what I would do is I would work backwards from this date, right? So on seeded Bermuda, I would want to have uh I'm going to say four good months of growing weather to feel confident mm -hmm. about it, right? In your climate, you can might be able to get away with less, but at least four, okay? So work backwards from the point where it's like, okay, hey, like past the point of good Bermuda growing weather. And don't forget, don't forget that it's not just temperature, right? It's sunlight too, right? So the amount of light, the quality right. of light that you're going to get. So work backwards from there. Um, and I'll have to look at the sunlight data from your location. I, let me see if I can pull that up real quick while I'm talking. But um work backwards from that date four months and then maybe give yourself a little bit of a buffer just in case you get tripped up with something you know you got family stuff to deal with whatever the case might be and give yourself a little bit of buffer there so maybe call it five months back and that's kind of where i would pick and go with it right so i think that's going to give you especially given the early spring temperatures that you do have plenty of time to cook everything follow a little bit right and then hopefully you have a good clean seed bed to work with at that point and then game on man i think it's i think it's a solid plan uh you know it's just going to be another period right like you just went through where okay like the lawn looks like shit for another <laughs> you know month and a half two months and everybody's gonna be like does this guy know what he's doing like is this guy legitimately crazy and you can just tell him no i'm just you know i'm a pilot you know i go up i come down <laughs> things happen in between no big deal so uh yeah i think that's that's how i would play it is try to not necessarily think about 
I like to go with the rye, but get to your end point and work your way backwards from there. That's how I always plan a project out. That's a good way to do it is work backwards from what I call your drop dead date. Where it's basically like critical on the timeline. And because I think that that's like the key to my successes. That's uh, kind of where... I'm able to do what I do without too much catastrophe. And by the way, Demi, I had to tell somebody that they were out of their window for scalping and sand capping because I mean, they were thinking. Yeah, uh, they were. They were thinking I was going to do that when I got back from Knoxville. But I told them, no, not happening because, you know, the yeah. temperatures are not right for it. It's wrong. So did, it's did just a matter of. Did you set up a, a, a uh, reminder for your next visit in uh, May of 2022? That's what actually, I, I routine. <laughs> no, I actually routinely maintain their their lawn. I routinely maintain oh, okay, their so lawn. And by the way. That lawn got the high rate cutlass and uh, the groomer before I got on the plane. Yeah, the, just uh, saying. All right, I'll I'll see you later. Right, the old, uh, you know. Hey, listen, you're in a relationship. You're taking a long trip, right? You know, you got to have that that send off, right? To you know, to to let it know that you know you're not going to do anything on the way out or one, uh, while you're out there or anything like that. And you know, it's going to let you know that if you do. You know, that lawn's probably going to take half your shit and move out. So, uh, yeah, you got to have that plan in place before you uh, go on any major trip. I like where your head's at, Ray. Yeah, I mean, that's just the difference between, I guess, myself and your average lawn person here in that most of the guys here don't know how to use plant growth regulators. They really don't. sad too that 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 can't be a thing but unfortunately right mm-hmm. here we are mm-hmm. so, while we're on that so... tzr subject guys real quick Uh-oh. thank you for the answer on the um on the on the yeah ryegrass and the comment that sure. i'm doing um actually just right now while i have this uh ryegrass here um interesting question here um as far as pgr should i just stick to the tnex or perhaps a low dose of legacy i don't know how footprimidol does with ryegrass or that may be a bad idea good idea i don't know what you guys think i don't know that to be a bad idea of flipperimidol and ryegrass i don't think you're going to see any net negative effects i mean quite honestly tnex does a fine job on it and i think you can keep it dialed in you know so long as uh you know you're keeping on your intervals and everything like that but I would just I don't write think it the that... save save your here's my thing save the fluprimidol for the Bermuda because we know how yeah. effective it can be there. I don't think it's it's like you know wasting the good booze on you know just a night with the boys as for in, instead of a party, right? Like save that. Yeah, I, I did give that some thought. It, it, it's just yeah, it's just I have a, a little bit of uh, you know the edgeless the small eight ounce bottle got a little bit of that left over. I was like, hey, I may want to fafo with this ryegrass and see what happens. Actually, there's nothing. Want to. There's nothing wrong. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. And 
you're actually working with it at a time of the year where I wouldn't be nervous about regulating uh, a stand of ryegrass because he has optimal or fairly optimal temperatures to where the ryegrass is not stressed. On the other hand, you tell me you're going to play with this, say, during summer in the Midwest, I'd say rethink. You know, oh, you can't yeah, necessarily... That that's a no, right? Yeah. That's a no, Ryan. Uh, because and we should pre yeah, we should preface this by saying, don't extrapolate ryegrass in extreme Southern California in wintertime with ryegrass and PGR in the Midwest in summertime. Please don't extrapolate that from <laughs> yeah, this conversation. Yeah, please don't. Yeah, it Noted. doesn't translate because what the closest thing I can you know the closest parallel I can draw is. Southern California winter is like very good late spring weather in the Midwest, you know, where it's cool, it's relatively sunny, it's not raining too much, and it's just good weather. So because Aldo has that, I don't feel mm. nervous about telling him that it's okay to play with a little PGR to give him some a break from mowing because here's my experience in the fall and the winter on lawns. People get busy. You don't have time to be mowing every other day. Okay, you ain't got time for that because although it's, it comes down to a choice of, hey, either you're going to roast that turkey or you're going to cut that grass, but you can't do both at the same time. I know. I'd probably roast myself and then I'd roast the turkey, but that's neither here nor there. Oh, that's a, that's a different subject. That's a different subject entirely. Uh, I mean. Every day. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> Aldo, thanks for calling in, man. Thanks for the uh, answers, gentlemen. Appreciate y'all. Hope um, you guys have recovered well from our uh, stint at uh, in Louisville, Kentucky, and um, y'all have a great rest of your week. <laughs> hey, this is Aircraft right. Control. You're cleared to ascend to 32,000 feet. <laughs> Roger. <laughs> y'all, good night. Take it easy. <laughs> good night. Oh, man. Hey, that was... Uh one of the more uh epic highlights of the trip right was uh auto on uh on the discord and on the phone the computer and everything like that is exactly the same auto you get in person right ray like he is pretty much he is uh, pretty much, pretty much a, he's a I genuine mean, dude yeah i mean uh i i can only hope that i was more fun with uh people in person because uh Oops. Uh oh. Call it. You are hey there. This is Aldo's neighbor. Aldo's neighbor. It's Will. Will oh, Wood. hi. What's going hi, on? Mr. Oh, William Wood. I, for, I, for, I forgot out there in the great Southwest that, you know, neighbors is, you know, anywhere between four minutes and like eight hours away. So, you know, it's it's wide open spaces out there. So, I get a little confused. So, how are things uh, in the greater uh, Phoenix area this evening? They are warm, and they are—I uh, mean, it was 
what a high the high today was 90 so you know it's warm uh, but yeah mostly uh, m- mostly dry weather you know i've been seeing a ton of pictures from golf course supers out there and, and you know it's okay I Whoops. guess. Uh, oh, there he is. Hello. Try again, no. Ryan. No, I was going to say. Oh, there uh, we go. Oh, it sounds like we cut out. No, I died for a second when I came back. Um, so, no, I see in these guys, you know, at the end of uh, overseed season and all these, these beautiful, lush, unplayed on ryegrass, and they're probably open up their courses like this past week or this weekend or something like that. And, yeah, I, I did see the weather was warm out there, and I was thinking, man, like, this is like their worst nightmare of, you know, what would occur, right, Ray? Like that you've got all this traffic mm-hmm. that's about to send because, the, you know, the appetite's there and then you go through all that. So it's interesting to see. What's the, uh, what's the Bermuda situation out there? How's the yard looking? So for those of you who don't know, uh, William, why don't you take us through a little, like, synopsis of what you have did, where you're at, what you've done? Because I thought it was really cool. Yeah uh to follow along like it was definitely one of those patience projects right where it was like you know you got six eight nine weeks into it and you're like all right come on come on and it finally got <laughs> yeah, there, no, right? you, just, sure. you just you, but take us through it what like real quick what did you do and where is it at right now all right well uh about a year ago or a little more than a year ago i went on the crazy train and killed my uh 30 year old bullseye bermuda stand and oh, uh, planted oh. turf type tall fescue Mm-hmm. And uh, and I wrote and I rode that for uh, as as long as I possibly could, and uh, then it just hit May, just like Aldo was saying, and uh, we hit a brick wall, and she cried and she screamed and I couldn't save her, and so I just sucked up my pride, killed it off, uh, using various uh, elixirs that I found on the uh, on the Discord and on the lawn form. And uh, we brought in some sprigs, uh, did a soil test, and I talked to Ryan and Ray and Matt and begged you guys for all sorts of advice and uh, listened and tried to be patient. And now I've got a very lush uh, stand of 419, uh, and I've been cutting it at about five-eighths of an inch. Ooh, nice. And nice. Uh, Yeah, so yeah, Beautiful. It's, 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 it's been good. But the, the when, tough part is is trying to get one of these green mas- greens masters because everybody with COVID is now buying them all from the golf courses. So, uh, you know, we're we're still waiting. Oh, really? So you're still you're still without? I mean, that's the thing is like uh, when can I'm, you have, I'm when, using when this this, uh, this McLean. What's that? Okay, I was saying, I was gonna say like they they can be had, but I think some of the price points I've seen on some of these are just stupid high or the ones that are cheap are just so beat up that like you might as well go ahead and spend the three or four grand to get you know a decent or a good one right um because right. the ones that are a thousand or fifteen hundred bucks are just beat to shit right and Ray, yeah exactly you, yeah, they're, I mean, they're easy they're easy to fix up but it's also like you know the time and the opportunity cost of do i have time to take this thing apart and put it all back together well oh uh, yeah it, no no it's for, uh, for sure. that that's just the problem is that I learned my lesson really early in that eight years ago, I took in a $150 GM 1000, $150, Ryan. 
However, <laughs> needed new bearings, needed new belts, needed new uh, covers for the for the belt drives. Uh, needed a new carburetor, and then needed a new reel. Needed a new bed knife. So by the time all was said and done, I think I spent over a thousand dollars just in parts plus a couple of weekends uh, removing, replacing, and refitting. But would I do it all over again? Totally. I would do it all over again because that mower served me extremely faithfully until about a month ago. No? Yeah, well, Sheila. So let me ask you guys a, a question real fast. Yeah, lay it on us here, yeah. So uh, yeah. just down the street, there's a bunch of uh, desert oak trees, and they're dropping their acorns. And now underneath these trees, uh-huh. there are, I don't know, hundreds of little tree links coming up. What mm-hmm. would someone do to, to treat that or to you know knock it down, especially since they're in the middle of overseeding all these lawns? I was just curious. I'm like, is there even anything you can do to stop that? Triclopyr. Triclopyr. <laughs> yeah. Really? I would yeah, I would go with like a very low rate of triclopyr to kill off the volunteer oak seedlings. Oh yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Seedlings. Okay. And other option for that is your good old three way. Three way is good too. And the thing is, is that it kind of works out because if you're overseeding the rye, the rye is rather tolerant of triclopyr. So Auto's you can do that. Isn't the triclopyr going to ding up the Bermuda? That's what Ray's at, or uh, Aldo's asking. Aldo, it'll hit the Bermuda if you combine it with ethofumacete and if you're applying repeated applications over the winter of triclopyr and ethofumacete. Because, by the way, I gave Aldo a formula to smoke out the lingering Bermuda over the winter. Progress plus Turflon Ester. <laughs> Just keep sending yeah. it until next spring. Yeah, so I think you, yeah, you be careful with with what you're doing there, but I think it can work for sure. So that's a good question. That's I appreciate question, it, guys. Though, and, Thanks so much. Yeah, uh, always appreciate you guys. Appreciate you too, okay. William. Thanks so much for calling in, man. Mm-hmm. Yep. Bye. I I we got a little question here in the in the chat. Next door neighbor Zoisha is impeding bid time into my Bermuda grass and need to know now what to stop it. Move. Move. And <laughs> if you can't move, you're going to need what I've been installing a lot of this last year, which is known as a 12 inch deep grass root barrier. You know, I've been yeah, trenching in. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I've been trenching in that grassroot barrier and to deal with the Bermuda that has snuck over into the, you know, the Zoysia that snuck over into the Bermuda next year. Zoysia hates Pilex. And Zoysia hates Pilex more than Bermuda does. <laughs> Seriously. Hey. You're out, you're, you're, I'm not going to say you're way out there because, you know, I, I understand how far out you go, but that's, that's, some, that's special. That's something different for sure. Yeah. Well, All right, we got time for well, one, like, one more. Oh, one go more. Go yeah. One more. Let, let's take another call. Whoever's one uh, more call before, before we move it to the after show. Here we go. Caller, you are live. Hi there, bud. Oh, hey. God. Here we go. Here we go. Here's Minnesota. If Matt was here, he'd be he'd be squawking like a seal right now and carrying on everything like that. I'm not going to do that. But we do have with us Mr. Evie out of Minnesota. And uh, oh, what's yeah. your question for us today? What's your question for us tonight? How, how, wait, first of all, how cold is it up there right now? Uh, it was like 42 today. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's not, that's, it's not uh, like that here yet. That's like hot cocoa and uh, fireplace weather for me. <laughs> you know, you see, I, t- I told you the cold doesn't bother me as much as the heat. <laughs> Which is weird because you live in a tropical climate, but I digress. So, Evie, what do you got for us tonight? What do you want to talk about? So, I was not planning on doing anything about snow mold. Never have. Uh, I guess it's never bothered me. But if I could do it under 50 bucks, I'd be willing to give it a shot just to mess around. So, just to mess around. what kind of options okay. do I have for... I have like 7,000 square feet, so it's fine if it runs out early at 5,000. Then I'd have a check plot. Just kind of something cheap to just kind of mess around with and observe over the, over the winter. Yeah, so, I mean, a couple of things here. Number one, uh, a lot of the really good chemistry is not going to be available to you because of you're on residential, right? So that's number mm-hmm. one. Um, that being said, you do have some options, right? So uh, propiconazole is probably going to be your best bet, right, at a high rate. Um, you know, pushing probably like two fluid ounces per thousand. I don't know. I'm going to go look at something else here while we're talking. But um, that's the first thing off the top of my head. I want to look and see. I don't think Civitas is labeled for residential, but. Ray, I mean, obviously, like, Fudioxanil, PCNB, I mean, there's a lot of great options out there. However, they're all... Fudioxanil is not... Okay, Fudioxanil is not restricted to golf only. However, Fudioxanil is just, like, money. Mucho dinero. Super... Yeah, mucho dinero. So, you know, I'm on board with the... uh, with the high rate propiconazole and applying that high rate propiconazole 
while the grass is still growing because propiconazole has to incorporate itself into the grass tissues and be translocated throughout the grass in order for it to be an effective antifungal. Uh, other options include what are known as your SDHI fungicides, which are labeled for residential turf. However, they do come into a little bit of money. They're not cheap, but they work well. And an example of something that's in other situations as well, because like my favorite, one of my favorite fungicides that is, by the way, legal on residential lawns is Lexicon. It's expensive, but I know that as the fungicide that can tackle most turf grass diseases with the issue of Piscium all in one, all in one bottle. What about yeah, something like be. if I were to do just like Eagle or three 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 six? Mm, are those, those viable versus yeah. propaconazole? Those are kind of weak on snow mold, actually. If I remember yeah. rightly, yeah, those, those you're, are you're not, not snow mold fungicides. Yeah, it's it's really. Yeah, kind of, be... I know I'm kind of limited when I'm really looking at the cheap options, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think even, you know, propiconazole by itself is not super strong, right? So I guess the other thing, too, to consider, right, uh, here, here's where my head would be at is kind of doing some own, tri- if you can do some of your own trials in the yard, right, and just instead of going all out, right, if you have, do you have any propiconazole handy or you'd have to buy some? No, I'd have to buy it. Uh, okay, okay. Well, at that point, then yeah, you go full rate. So, right, I'm tr- I'm struggling here to think of what is. And now let me go look up this real quick. Ohio State has a really good Ohio State residential turf fungicides. Yeah, what does Ohio State remember. University say about this? Because well, they have they have I'm a list of think- all the turf fungicides that helps me remember. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Ooh. I was in the the Discord. I was linking uh, University of Wisconsin. I believe it's Madison. Is uh, they do lots mm-hmm. of really good snow mold trials. So I was kind of looking oh, through yeah, those. Yeah, um, but as as I was looking through them, it's like you pull up all the different fungicides that you're using, and besides outside of propiconazole. Pretty much everything jumps up to like 200 bucks for a bottle. Yeah. Well, and so the other thing too to look at is use rate. Like, so I understand 50 bucks is 50 bucks, but it might be something too that you look at. Yeah, it's a $200 investment, but it could be a container size that lasts two, three, four, five years, depending on, you know, what size of container and what the rates are and everything like that. So, um, because Again, the Evie, problem is, is you look at I, some of these. Go ahead. Yeah, I can also break it down to you in these terms in that the reason why I don't flinch at the more costly stuff is that I know that, for example, that Lexicon, my beloved Lexicon, that bottle 
is literally the amount of product that's intended for use over an acre at label maximum rate. So if somebody has like a 2,000 or 5,000 square foot lawn, breaking it down like that is not a bad value because you look at it this way. Okay, I'm going to withdraw like half an ounce per thousand square foot and I still have the rest of the bottle left over. You know, to me, that's a good value versus, you know, other products that where you dump in that whole bottle and maybe it only costed like 25 or $30 or whatever. And that whole bottle is gone. Whereas with some of the more expensive things, it can carry you over not only this disease season, but next disease season. It's just some another way to look at it because I know yeah. there is sticker shock. Yeah. You know, I would look at I would look at somebody like Gravy Lookout or somebody like that that's also in the same boat and seriously try to try to see if you guys can maybe do a split on something like that. But the the flutioxanil, which is a uh, a product by Syngenta called Medallion, fantastic. I mean like lights out on snow mold. So you know, look at that and see if that's an option of finding a guy or two up that way. You know, they're in really high pressure situations and see if you can do it. And then, you know, it's still, it's snow mold, man. Like, and I understand in your area, it's going to take a lot longer for the snow to melt and you're going to have damage hanging around a lot longer, like probably into May and things like that. But it's not like a death sentence to get it right. It's just really unsightly until, you know, things grow back. So, um, Take that for what it's worth. I think the $50 thing, I'd rather see you save that $50 this year and put $100 towards it next year, right, and get something good if that was the case. So that's that would be my that, message. That is kind so, of the case. <laughs> I, I was you just, de- you know, I was kind of almost just, de- you know, debating like, well, you know, if I could throw something out just for some watch something yeah. over the winter whether it's worth that even or not. But I know that I was kind of looking that prep console is iffy, I guess, and didn't know if there's any other options really and if it's even worth it. So it sounds like maybe just well, save the 50 bucks and see how bad the snowmobile actually gets or doesn't get this year and then have more for next year. Right on, man. I think that's a great plan for sure. Well, sir, thanks right, for calling. Well, thank Hopefully you. the snow does not the snow does not fly, you know, and it's a maybe it's a dry winter up there. Who knows, right? Well, they said it's supposed to be more snow than usual. I think they're saying <laughs> around sixty inches is the uh expectation this year. That sounds awful. Awful. Oh boy. All right, well, take hey, care, thanks guys. again for calling in. Thank you. All right, J Pink, yep, we've got one outbound call that we've got to make apparently hopefully there's not a permanent <laughs> charge on this line because i think our credit card has been shut off after louisville but uh yeah let's see who who are we calling or is it a surprise uh we're calling now yo hello Palmer, you're on. hello oh hello? my goodness 
Spinelli. <laughs> therapy. Ter- oh, Spinelli's. That's all I'm here for. Uh, it sounds. Listen, oh. listen, listen, listen. Other than Spinelli. I, uh, I want to. I want to talk real, real candidly here for a moment. Now, there was a moment in time, nearly seven days ago. Uh, actually, just about uh, five hours short of seven days ago, that <laughs> uh, Mr. Robert Palmer, Turf Therapy, and I had a meal together. Uh, in the middle of the night that was life-changing absolutely life-changing there will be all the pizza that we ate before spinelli's in louisville and then there will be all the pizza that we've eaten after we've been to spinelli's right that is the divide in our pizza eating lives that we experienced last thursday night friday morning friday friday morning yeah so hey how are how how are you sir are you are you feeling good did you have a good time out there good that is good now if you if you don't know this uh you know mr palmer here is getting ready to leave the continental united states just as ray did here earlier this week and he's traveling over to a new duty assignment which i will not name where it's at i'll let him divulge that information on his own time and his own channel and all that but uh first of all uh thank you for coming to louisville and spending some time with us that was a really cool thing to do and it was great to see your whole crew from we work and uh i think i think it was awesome to meet up with everybody and everything like that uh, we had a blast with everybody but also too thank you for your service thank you for everything that you have done you will do for this country this great great country and yeah it was it was just great to hang meet up and do all those things so do you have a, a turf question though you know we 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 goofed around and we didn't really talk too much grass so i'm curious like I'm the saving my turf questions. Oh, right, boy. I was talking to Jay Pink about it while I was while while I was there, and 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 I'm 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 going to do my homework. I'm going to build my plan, and I'm going to come uh-huh. back on the show before before I pull oh, the trigger for asthma to check. That's it. You already got the grass seed, so you know what that looks like. I'm pretty sure I found my fur company. Yep. Um, I kind of just need to get there and see what the lay of land looks like. I lost a twenty thousand square foot plot, so. That's gone, but so we're 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 starting from scratch. We're gonna figure it out though. But I'm gonna come back, get an asthma the... check, make sure you know I haven't yeah. lost my mind. And I like then, it, and then we're going for it. What's the gardening situation gonna be like where you're going? I don't want you to spill too many of the beans. I know you want to show it up and everything like that. But like, are you are you expecting to do some new things based on where you're at? Like some things you've never done before, or is it gonna be a yeah, lot of well... the same old, same old? Nah, nah, I'm going for some pretty exotic, like, cool season plant that I wasn't able to pull really? off in Maryland. Yeah, like, there's this thing called oyster lettuce that only really does good in very tempered summers, like, you know, mild summers, but thrives on the coast of, like, New England. And it legit tastes like mm-hmm. oysters, but the ger- but the seeds are, like, a pain to germinate. So I- I'm finding... Really? I'm going to find a nice challenge in just germinating the seeds and then keeping the plants alive. So that's one little sneak peek, but I'm a cool season, uh, not only cool season grass kind of guy, but I really prefer the cool season plants as well. So you see a lot of cool season plants out there. And I'm also going to try to scoop up some beets because I'm in Europe. Why not? Well, I was going to say the root yeah. vegetables should be interesting. Have you ever grown potatoes or anything like any tubers yeah. like yeah, that? Yeah, I did that. Yeah, I did. Okay. I did I potatoes in a okay. big old 20-gallon laundry tub just fine. Okay. Oh, hey. Okay, Palmer, I am mildly jelly of you. 
And you know I'm why I'm mildly jelly? Your footwork, Ray. Your footwork is amazing, by the way. Everyone, what about Ray my footwork? Best footwork in the game. I'm just telling you. When you watch Ray Spray, when you see this video that I'll release in about ten oh, or fifteen yeah. days, you're gonna want to dance with Ray. That's all I'm gonna say. He's got to be the best <laughs> yeah, dancer Ray, in the world. He's got to be the he's got to be the best dancer in the world, hands down. <laughs> but okay, the reason why I'm I'm mildly jelly is that I know that as far as cool toys for gardening and lawn care, mm-hmm. a lot of the cool toys comes from Germany. Mm. Okay, and I've so and you, I've known you know that you make for wish list then. Well, I've known about that for years now, that all the cool stuff comes from or is made in Germany. I mean, they are, they're literally gardening and lawn fanatics there. They are. Yeah. They call and their okay, lawn so gardens. Like, the whole thing is a garden. That's how they refer to it. Hey, the garden. Yeah. Like, okay, which part? Mm-hmm. No, so, it's all of it. Which really feeds so, into that, like full inclusivity that I try to aim for on the channel, you know? Mm-hmm. I hear you. Because I, you're right. Like it's all, it's all an immersive experience. I get that. Right. Mm-hmm. So what were you having said that? I don't think you're going to end up in what I call a lawn desert. When you get to Germany, I think you're going to do rather well. And Oh, by the way, uh, just so that you know, good old Bayer does have a heavy presence in its home country. So I think you're going to be set up. I think you'll be hooked yeah. up. Okay, nice. you're, you're, you're going to be all. You're going to be all right. I mean, <laughs> it's not like you're going to go somewhere where there's no grass. So, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm really anxious to see you get out there and get started. All I know is this, Mr. Palmer, is that uh, there's absolutely no way that there can be a Spinelli's where you're going. And so uh, we will find <laughs> no, a way to ship isn't. it in dry ice or something like Thank that. You. So that. I appreciate can... it. That, that was the one request I had, actually. So you, you kind of oh, I'll, I'll make it absolutely happen. I'll absolutely make it happen, but... <laughs> There's nothing quite like, um, you know, being um, more than half in the bag, probably all the way through the bag at that point, and burning <laughs> the roof of your mouth with it, and wondering what's going on, and trying to put salt and pepper on it instead of, you know, like the uh, the, sh- the the crushed red pepper and the cheese, because you just yeah. don't know what's going on. There, yeah. there, is some, there is some good times to be had. So, hey. Here's what I can tell you for sure is that we went to Louisville, you went to Knoxville, we went all these places, we made some memories, we had some fun, we bonded, and I know that we're going to do it again. And that's what I'm, I'm, I'm most excited for is the opportunity to get to do it again. So, hey, I'm glad we got to call you because, you know, it was nice of you to talk to us tonight. That's what I would say. It wasn't it nice was of us nice to talk to you, happen. it was nice of you to talk to us. So, all right, listen, it is now time, Ray. It is time Let's for the after party. It'll It'll it. be a little bit abbreviated. Matt's not here. There's some videos I really wanted to show him and ratchet up his anxiety, but I'm going to save those because you know what? It's not <laughs> worth burning those. 
to not see him squirm a little bit in that chair. I love it. That's what I take great pleasure in. So, listen, um, you know, if you want to figure out how to get in the show, you can go ahead and become a member down below. Uh, very low cost, very uh, very easy to do. You can also join us over on Patreon. So, www.patreon.com forward slash burn and return, right? Pick us up there. An airport beer, a 12 pack of your favorite uh, low cost beer, or, uh, you know, Maybe like a couple cans of carb cleaner for your GM 1000, right? Like there's a variety of different things that add up to what it yeah, costs to yeah, join it, us it, over it, in the after show. It doesn't take much or else uh, I can even say, hey, for a uh, cost of a virgin margarita or a, or a virgin Bloody Mary, <laughs> you know, you can become a, pa- a Patreon member. I mean, because as you guys yeah. know, I don't drink. Right, and so you were paying you were paying those uh, those convention center prices for the virgin drinks. But all that said, you know it's it's a fun atmosphere. Uh, you'll get an opportunity to go into our private Discord server uh, hashtag Dirty Deeds. There'll be a link up that's up there for ten minutes, ten minutes only, and after that, it'll disappear into nowhere on the internet that you'll ever find it again. So, with that being said, hey, thanks to you, our listeners, our supporters, everybody like that, and even our haters, right? Because we love you too. We're inclusive. And we don't really care what you think anyway. So with that, we'll see you next time.